All right. All we're, right. Uh, we're here. We're here. Welcome to the uh, Stoic Podcast. Um, I'm going to be your host today, Brian. Yeah. I'm Todd in the house. Yes. And we got a guest here today, Lance, who's going to be uh, uh, helping us dive into some stuff. And he's, he's been on the block a minute, and he's going to be able to at least <laughs> ask some good questions. If, if not, give like us good answers. That. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. A wise sage. Yeah. So Lance is asking, so what are we going to talk about? And I said, well, um, one of the questions that I've been dealing with is, uh, um, did the Nephilim survive the flood or could they have survived the flood? I mean, do essentially, do they still exist? Um, could they exist? And, um, you know, what's scripture say about it? You know, what are some thoughts on it? I know that this could be uh, a lot of rabbit holes, a lot of what ifs, and we'll try to, I guess, um, try to be as as open handed and close handed on different items as, yeah. as they come through. So, I mean, there's a lot that scripture doesn't specifically spell out for us, and so you do. You do at times, I know this is going to cause people to bristle, but you kind of have to do a little reading between the lines. And um, there is other historical books that can kind of give a little bit more detail um, as to what the Bible says in two verses and, you know, entire books are written about this war, that war, these people's, um, anyway, these people people groups history, you know, I'm kind of reading through Josephus right now. And I'm through, I'm, I'm like right in the middle of the Kings. Right. But I've flipped through and I'm like reading about Cleopatra and, you know, um, I, I'm not reading. I'm just kind of like perusing ahead to see what else he wrote about. And, um, so there's a lot of, a lot of cool details that I'm looking forward to getting some answers on. And, um, unfortunately nice. I was a little disappointed in the, the historical writings of Josephus in regards to the Nephilim. There's there, it's kind of vague as well. Although, you know, he talks about Hercules. Um, he talks about some other giants, of course, Goliath. Um, so real basic for people who aren't familiar with Nephilim, what, what are Nephilim? So, basically, if you go back to Genesis 6, um, you have the watchers, which were basically on assignment from God. These were heavenly angels mm -hmm. that were tasked to watch the, the ongoings of humanity. And I, I don't know if they were supposed to report back or if they were kind of overseers to make make sure if, if something was happening that, you know, that they were a part of the process of, you know, fixing problems for man. Um, mm -hmm. at least that's my take, I should say. Okay. But like, the, anyway, uh, like the, uh, if you have an angel assigned to you theory where, you know, yeah, maybe so guardian maybe angel so. kind of thing. Uh huh. Well, 200 of the, of the higher, elite right there's watching class hierarchies mm -hmm. of angels mm -hmm. okay they conspired to basically um 
create hybrids. They they fell in love with the women of the world, and two hundred of them descended on Mount Hermon, and um, they they bound themselves to oaths, saying that they were going to do this. Nobody was going to bail out at the last minute. Um, they were all going to do that, and they so they did, and they had children, and you know, so they descended from heaven and. Right, decide to commingle on Earth, and um, I don't they think it's corrupted. Cr- I I, yeah. I think they found a way genetically to cor- corrupt their angelic status to be able to breed with hum- you know women. So interestingly women enough, were- I, I mean, oh. this is what I don't get. I mean, when you talk about perversion, I've always been fascinated about the Watchers because they didn't like come through and just rape and pillage. Uh, they actually, I believe what they did was they exchanged wisdom for men's women. So, uh, and they only, to the best of my knowledge, reading Enoch, they only bound themselves to one wife, which is strange. Okay. And they did have the intent to create their a family, their own offspring. So, you know, this was not part of their angelic role. This wasn't a part of their assignment. This this is not things that angels do in heaven. To to the best of our knowledge, mm-hmm. these. Um, so anyway, God was very unhappy, and uh, you know He dealt with the two hundred watchers. But you have to you have to understand that that act introduced a bloodline into humanity that uh, you know spread far and wide because uh you know when you hear about the giants of old and the 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 way they ravaged the world the entire planet um the the offspring the offspring of these and then they would they would have children and then they would have children and so they all had this bloodline and this giant bloodline and they totally dominated humanity i mean it got to the point where humanity couldn't uh, physically keep up with the needs of the growing giants right. and that the giants would turn on their own their well I wouldn't say their own people but on the little humans and eat them you know they became food and uh, so if they didn't provide them with enough to eat they would punish them by eating them and um, anyway I don't know that might be too much uh, too early but you know, let's let's stay on task. Keep me straight. Well, I mean, uh, any uh, thoughts no, there, Lance? What you said was that all from the Book of Enoch? Because I, I didn't read that in the scriptures anywhere. Yes. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Um. So, and it didn't sound like the women were raped. Like you know, it wasn't like a sexual lust thing it did, i don't it know was, i kind of feel like it was it may, maybe it, it, it says that you know that that the, they found the they procreated but it didn't say they raped him yeah right? yeah yeah and i i i think if i said any more than that it would be actually getting away from what the book of enoch talks about so you know i, I know the scriptures and i maybe can't go to fast enough but it said that the sons of God saw that the the women of men were fair. Mm-hmm. 
and took them for their wives. Mm-hmm. And I know among the the Christian uh, teachings, there's different ideas of what sons of God mean. Mm-hmm. Some people will say that's talking about the godly line of Seth. Mm-hmm. You know, who, the Sethite theory they yeah. call that. Other people will say, no, that is uh, the sons of God is in reference to the angels. Mm. And so there's, you know, people on both mm-hmm. sides of that, that spectrum. Uh, when Brian was asking me about this subject, it, it brought up more questions for me than answers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if the Nephilim survived the flood, you know, it, it begs the question, how? Because, the you know, Scripture clearly teaches that only Noah, mm-hmm. his wife, his three sons, and their wives survived. Right. So you, you have to speculate how you think the Nephilim would have survived when Scripture doesn't say that mm-hmm. they did. And so, so th- this begins the, the journey. Like, uh, what was, was one of the... Because it says Noah was found perfect in his generations. And we, we, when, you, when you read that, you have to understand that generations has to do with DNA. It has to do with the... Um, that, that his bloodline was not corrupted by what was going on in the rest of the world. He I mean, had not, I'm sure there's no word for DNA in Hebrew. Right. It's, it's gen, generations is, how, is the English version of, of what, a lot of times what they'll use for genetic um, or DNA. So it's t- even in the word gene and generation. Um, yeah. And so, I, I mean, I was just kind of perusing my, my Strong's concordance on my phone and, I looked up Sons of God. We know that's Ben uh, Ben Elo- Elohim, I believe. Um, and Elohim, well, Ben is son of, right? And um, Elohim is God or gods. And, um, you know, then it can contrast with the daughters of men, which, you know, I would argue that if it was of human origin, it would have one been sons of men. That that the sons of Seth or the sons of men right. would have, um, and then you don't have the you don't have the what immediately follows us. And there were giants in the land in those days, and they, you know, and it talks just super briefly about yep. what happened, right? Yep. But. Um, I have heard, and this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I have heard that the Nephilim bloodline, sorry, I keep bumping this. um, What's introduced is a third strand of DNA. I've heard that from probably, hmm, I would say, 10 different sources of people that, you know, come from varying backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Some of them you know, were raised in the occult and they knew about this stuff and they've defected from the Illuminati. They've gotten saved. And some of them are people that have been, you know, like research and they've devoted their entire lives to this Nephilim agenda, you know, that's, that seems to be playing out in our world. 
So what are the three strands of DNA then? You got Adam, you got. Oh, no, I, I think it's a it's a it's a hybridization of the actual DNA strand. But I mean, there's three, you said, right? Mm-hmm. But what are the three? So it's adding another strand. Oh, I see what you're saying. The yeah. two that intertwine. Right. And the it's it's introducing a see. third strand. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Because you have to understand that in the that these are not, um, well, initially, like we're talking about the demigod, you know, half God, half man. These were um, spiritual beings mm. that that existed in, an, in another, um, like, dimension or realm that we, we have no experience in. And so it, it, it introduced something like that into these, into their genetic coding. Let's call it. I just want to read something from Genesis chapter 6. It says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. Gibberine. Yeah, so yeah. it's like so, a punishment. You're not going to live uh, 999 years anymore. You're going to well, live he, he literally threw down on the entire human race, right? Because yeah. even Noah. And this this was all pre-flood. Yes. Right. Okay. And so I, I guess the original question was, did the Nephilim survive the flood? Right. This is the original question, yeah. So if God sent the flood to destroy all the wickedness, if these... Uh, Sons of God here actually mm-hmm. make reference to angels. Mm-hmm. I believe they do. I mean, that, from the research I've seen. Well, you know, that's debatable. Yeah. And it, it has been in many circles. Uh, if they are uh, the sons of God procreated with human women and they had these offspring, God sent the flood to end all that. Again, you know, Scripture only mentions Noah, his wife, his three sons, uh, Ham, uh, Shem, Japheth, and their wives survived the flood. So how can we say that these Nephilim existed post-flood? So I would would say the, the theory that I've, one of the theories that I don't ascribe to is that one of the or one or more multiple of the wives had this genetic bloodline in them one of the wives of of noah because noah basically picked the wives of his offspring to take onto the ark because none of them were married before they were all young noah knew about the flood he had nightmares about the flood ever since he was a youth and it was prophesied and understood that from the time that Jared was, uh, you know, Jared and uh, the father of Enoch, I believe, um, 
that there was going to be a, a flood. Uh, it was in the days of Jared, which is the fifth from Adam, that the, the sons of God were, um, that they had done this, right? And so we, we overlooked that there was hundreds, if not thousands, it might have even been thousands of years between, because Noah was 500 when they got on the ark. You know, there was a huge amount of time that these Nephilim were here. And it was pronounced to the watchers that they would have to, the original 200, that they would have to watch all their sons um, and daughters basically wipe themselves out uh, in a basically titanic war like Wrath of the Titans or Clash of the Titans, that they would they would essentially wipe themselves out however the corruption and the offspring of them and their bloodline still carried into the days of noah so the original demigods only lived 500 years that was pronounced from god that was one of the several judgments uh, against these fallen watchers from from heaven anyway Wait, wait, wait. You're saying they only lived 500 years as the offspring? Um, I'm saying that at least in my understanding, it was the first generation, the demigod, the actual half, okay. you know, yeah. that they they would kill themselves off in wars, mm-hmm. in, in Titanic war, you know, scenarios. But, I mean, we clearly know that giants made it past the flood. I mean, you got Goliath, you got Agabashan, you got King Agag, you got all these... Yeah, that brings me to some other questions. It wasn't just the, the Nephilim that were considered giants. You had the Raphims. You had the uh, Anakamites. They were all different groups of giants. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they weren't all Nephilim. So uh, your point that the DNA was in uh, Noah's sons wives maybe one that's or the, all that's a theory, the, the theory. Yeah. shem or ham's wife or right one of those one of those guys was another son he had uh and, and, so, and so there were different if i understood what i read correctly there's different giants among among you know tr- tribes if you want to call them or different species of giants you know because they the raphim or and uh and the descendants of anak and the, the, the Nephilim, they're all different giants. They're not all the same DNA giants. Well, I, I, I think it, 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 you could be right that they could be genetically different. They could be genetically uh, have a different creation, like a source point. But the, my understanding or my tendency is to believe that these are just names of, of, like you said, Anak, right? The sons of Anak, the Anakim. They were um, all giants. They, they were giants from the bloodline of Anak. You know, it, it, it's not that they weren't Nephilim. It's that they were th- Nephilim specifically through Anak. And same with the Rephaim and the... Yeah, well... I thought from what I read that th- there was certainly a distinction between the Nephilim, the Raphaim, the Anakins, and that the distinction was they weren't all Nephilim. You know, they weren't even related to each other. They came from different whatever they came from. 
but they weren't all Nephilim with, with just different names. And then you're, you mentioned the Watchers, and I guess that was from the Book of Enoch, mm-hmm. 200. Uh, it made me think that if these were fallen, well, they weren't fallen angels, right? They were, according to Enoch, they were assigned by God to watch over mankind. That's right. They fell. So, but they did fall, right, but the, when they decided to come to Earth to inhabit, right? So well, I, I thought that, they were sent to Earth to watch over humanity. Yeah, so I think that and, they and then, and then they, they were they, probably they saw the, women look good and they wanted to you know procreate with them. But hmm. how does that line up with the account of Lucifer falling from heaven and taking a third of the angelic host with him? So if these watchers were sent by God to watch over humanity. And but they disobeyed God. But I mean, if you're sent to, uh, then they, they then were were they uh, as bad as you know the demons that followed Lucifer out of heaven because they weren't obeying God either. How does that all that well, tie in with each other? If you're spiritually supposed to watch over, um, I mean, who you know, Earth? Who, you're, who needs, you're a watcher. Who needs Lucifer when you got these angels that are supposed to be obeying God that are still disobeying them? So I, I think there was definitely a cosmic defection from angels in the heavens. Like, I think that the Nephilim and the Watchers were one piece of the puzzle for the satanic agenda. I, I think that um, I think that Satan was very persuasive. He was very beautiful and he was very powerful. And so I think he... I think he planted a seed into the watchers' minds mm-hmm. to commit such a thing. So there are there are a lot of people that that uh, anyway. I, I don't want to go go there. Hold on. Um, so basically, what you have is you you know we are told that we've been given free will here on Earth. And my Christian upbringing always told me that was something that the angel angels never had. They never had free will. Will and um, I, uh, I think that's wrong. I don't know. I don't know where they pull that from Scripture that angels don't have free will, but clearly they can defect from the kingdom. So they would have to have free will to defect. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I mean, Lucifer he ha- had to have free will. Because he was the the first defector, and he influenced the, the scripture says a third of the host of other angels that defected with him. You know they committed insurrection, mm-hmm. and the Lord cast them to the earth, out of heaven. And and it really this this Nephilim agenda it really goes to the original issue, which is the 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 seed war that Satan is in with God and his children, his offspring. And so, you know, when we see when we see all this stuff playing out in our world, we can clearly see that, you know, the 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 war is against God's kids. And I think that that's Satan's angle to what I believe is he thinks that he can somehow usurp the throne of God, which is ridiculous. I know. But I think that he is. Um, I mean, maybe your, just to, arrogant enough to, to try it. To your point, you know, we we have our 
mRNA technology now that's altering people's DNA. And I look at that as a continuation of the, the Lucifer's, you know, plot and desire for sure to, to destroy so along God's those creation. Lines, yeah, along those lines, what you have in the to tie it back into the Nephilim, what 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 do we know that well through the Book of Enoch we know that the Watchers were 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 judged, but their offspring that died, which means anything that had the bloodline of these giants in them made a corruption and they no longer were image bearers of God. They were damnable beings, offspring that were not um, part of God's creation. God did not have his hand in the corrupting of the human bloodline through the fallen angels. And so what we see now is we see this agenda to, to destroy blood and to change our DNA, to change our our makeup and you ha the question is as we know that when when the when the offspring of the, of the watchers were were killed or died when they died whether it was through the flood or whether it was through wars when they died they were left to roam the earth as disembodied spirits that's what the the book of enoch clearly says and uh, what we see now is, you know, these disembodied spirits can inhabit certain bodies. You know, we know that they can inhabit animals. We know that they can, uh, they can, you know, inhabit, um, um, you know, the elements. Um, but, you know, what the question is, is with it, with the Nephilim agenda today, like, is it, are they trying to create, to compromise the human, um, and, and the God, uh, image within humanity to easier, e more easily, um, create Nephilim hosts, which if you, if you do some research on that, there, there are people like Margaret Sanger have done a ton of re research on Nephilim hosts and, it's a scary thought because you know what, when you what start. What is an Ephilim host? It's 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 basically okay when they when Jesus cast out the demons out of the demoniac of Gadara, they asked to be sent to the pigs, right? So uh, that that would have been a Nephilim host. The pigs, right? The pigs, okay, right? Like a host of demons. Oh, it it becomes an, an inhabitable bo inhabitable body. And, you know, when, when you have, uh, you know, the question, the question to ask is like with all this genetic manipulation and all this chemicals and all these bioengineered foods and all these ways that they are steering our genetics, because we know that, yeah, we're born with a set of, of genes, uh, with, with a set of, with DNA, right? And over time, you lose some of that DNA. Over time, some of that DNA gets corrupted. And over time, you know, you degenerate, basically. Um, but in the process, you know, can they, t with their forbidden knowledge, which I'm, I know they have, um, can they create a easy, a, a, an easy body to inhabit through the corruption of the, the human blood. So the, if I understand you correctly, the, the Nephilim disembodied 
uh, after, after they die, spirits can possess humans. Just like a, a demonic host that followed Lucifer out of right. heaven can, and they would say, possess him. But the, now, now you're saying there's a distinction between the demonic host that followed Lucifer that would possess people. I'm then saying the Nephilim that, is, a, is a whole a whole different uh, group. I'm saying that, that could there that. could be there could be that it could be that part of the demonic um, structure involves the uh the the demon spirits that left the nephilim when they died and and just so you know like like for me i was a kid growing up one of the things that i always struggled with forever in fact even as an adult i've spent most of my adult life really really struggling with god commissioning joshua to go in and take the holy land to promised land and kill man, woman, child, animal, any gold, silver, any animals. Like, like, why would he do that? Why would a why would a, a God? Because he genetically preferred Israel. Because he genetically preferred the Hebrews over the rest of the world. Or do you think that there was something else in their in their image, in that corrupted image, we know there were giants in the land. We know the Philistines were giants. We know that, you know, the Ammonites and, and all of these communities had giants. So um, does it make a little bit more sense that God would, would say, these are not my creation. These are hybrids that have infected humanity through these great sins committed by these angels and um you know in the days of noah it said that that you know the way this played out is that you know uh every thought and pursuit of man was wickedness outside of noah who right. was preserved and there's this Theory and, and I say a theory. I, I've read the the Cave of Treasures and there's a couple other books which say that that the son the the sons of Adam stayed separate from the sons of Cain. That Cain was banished. Um, when you literally read what it says, Cain Cain was banished from the, from the face of the earth. He was banished from the face of the earth. So I've done a lot of word studies. I've done a lot of studying on it and. The Bible talks about, um, you know, there there was an area that everybody started at, and it was on the same plane level as the Garden of Eden. It was in the, you know, it was just, you know, not, they were blocked from the Garden of Eden. They were not blocked from the gates of the Garden of Eden. Like, they couldn't go in, but there were, there were angels there set there to... Uh, preserve it well it was said that you know the the children that were separated all the way up until jared um they they pretty much were priests and worshiped god and it wasn't until then that the, the what was going on in the lower plane of the earth through the corruption of these angels and uh that the sons were led astray and there was literally 
Noah and a few people left. Methuselah dies, which if you look at even Methuselah's name, you know, he dies. Um, and basically Noah gets in the ark. It comes, you know. You know, eight, eight people. I, I think that here to go again to Genesis chapter six, where it says the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. If, if we're to presume the sons of God here were angels. And if you, if you, you know, uh, look at what I understand you're saying the book of Enoch says they were 200 angels and they were sent by God to watch over humanity. Well, I, I know that 200 defected. I don't know how many watchers there there were. I okay. don't think that well, all of the watcher class yeah, the, angels. Yeah, the 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 math is isn't where I was headed with this, but okay. uh that meant these angels had the ability to procreate yes. with human women. Now, if they could do that post flood, can they do that I mean, if they could do that pre flood, can they do that post flood? And God it being sovereign, he created these angels with the ability to do that and he allowed that and he knew that was gonna happen. Well and they it, were and and is is he allowing it now? I mean they look like humans. <clears throat> These angels. Well, then they could take on physicality. Yes. I mean, you talk about, um, um, oh, what's the angel's name? Uh, you got Gabriel, Michael. Michael. Thank you. Yes. I went into, uh, gosh, I'm blanking today. We, we went into the city and they wanted to rape them. Do you remember? Right, right. Um, I think that was Sodom. Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, thank I you. And he so. goes into the city and the, the people are looking at him and they're, you know, obviously it must be. Um, they were I, great looking. I guess. I mean, know, yeah. in, in human but form. But they were in human form. I mean, and, and right. they were, he was in a, clearly an angel. So, And the, so, the Sodomites wanted to, and then Lot offered his daughters. That's right. To these, you know, uh, Sodomites said, hey, no, leave these guys alone. Because yeah. Lot knew that they were angels who take a human form. And then, uh, what, they all... God blinded them all or something like that, yeah, if I recall. He, and then the angels, the angels that looked like humans were able just to walk out from among them. Right. Now, you know, it still begs the question, did they just take the appearance of humans or did they ha- have all the attributes to be able to so pro- in my In my opinion, what, what, so in my opinion, the satanic, uh, the satanic, kingdom cannot create they cannot procreate but they can corrupt and i i think what they what they had done is they had through the through the knowledge that they had of the creation they found out how they could basically compromise themselves whether that was basically hybridizing themselves with human man or whether it was genetically creating a uh, a body for for this to happen like basically taking what god made and 
corrupting it for their own interests. And because we know one of the things that it says is that, you know, the watchers are what taught men the working of metal and alchemy and, and pharmacia. This is, this is all from the book of Enoch. Yeah. Pharmacia and, um, by the way, you know, I mean, I don't know how much you trust, uh, like Jewish history and the Jews carried the book of Enoch through the flood. The Jews had the book of Enoch with them. There was no canon of scripture back in the Old Testament. They had scriptures, they had writings, they had the writings of Moses, they had the writings of Adam, they had the writings of of the Quran. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you know, it's it's easy for us to say, well, you know, the book of Enoch should be tossed because um it's not canonized. But you have to remember that everybody in this Bible, including Jesus himself, probably had Enoch um that he they probably studied those books. They probably read those books. Um it Enoch's reference many times. Um, Jasher's mentioned, and I think Jubilees is mentioned, and other books that we don't have, unfortunately, are mentioned all throughout. And, you know, it's it's not like um, they're held at the standard of the canon of Scripture. They're not salvific books. Right? No, they're not. I mean, they're not. They might lead you to faith in Christ because there's truth in them, but these aren't. Um, these aren't maybe they don't have as many copies of the book of Enoch because there are still words that are not in all the different copies that they have, even through the Dead Sea Scrolls. They don't have the entire thing. And most of the canon of scripture comes from like hundreds of copies. So they're taking copies that are, you know, of the old you know, what we would call the Old Testament or, you know, and they might have, okay, well, this was found in this library and this was found over here. This was found in here. Let's put them together and see how accurate they don't have that many copies of it to actually really legitimize it. But I know there are many very real, um, uh, lovers of God and studying like they make I mean, I haven't scratched the surface of what these guys know, Michael Heiser and other people, you know, like they they would say, you know, if there was just more copies of of it, a little bit more proof, they should be canonized. And the Ethiopic canonized Bible, uh, Christian Bible is it includes the book of Enoch in it. And, you know, of course, we know that the Catholic Bible has a bunch of extra books in it, too. But um, seven anyway. Six or yeah. seven. Lance wants to know: Does the angel have a penis? Woo-hoo! Ooh, yeah, right to procreate, right? Well, <laughs> putting words in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> I thought you thought that you, funny. Well, Lance, but apparently not. You know, Mary became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Uh, yeah, it's true. So, if God wants to, you know, supernaturally. Well, I mean, God, and, but know, these aren't it, these guys aren't with God, right? Well, I don't know what the Enoch, the book of Enoch says, except the account, uh, um, you know, being given today. But I don't know uh, how how their abilities were, where it, if it was a spiritual ability mm-hmm. to uh, 
get these human oh, women okay. pregnant. I see what you're saying. Or if it was, you know, the actual engaged in a, a physical intercourse. Mm. I'm not that familiar with the watchers and so to the me, theory yeah. and the conjecture that these were fallen angels. Well, not they weren't fallen, if I understand correctly. They were tasked they by God yeah. to watch over humanity, yet. They Some of them took, defected. They took it upon themselves to do things that God wouldn't have approved of, but right. God in sovereignty allowed it or would never would have occurred. Well, I, I think that what what my my I think sometimes we can say that a lot of evil things that have happened in the world, we can attribute it to God because he's he's sovereign, but uh, and I don't I don't totally negate that that notion but i just think that um god when he gives when he gives us free will he doesn't inhibit us from doing anything i mean if i you know i don't i don't want to go dark but if i decided to you know take this take a weapon and just bash somebody over the head with it like god's not gonna impede my free will to do that well he, he might well i mean he could I, I i mean we have a lot of of evidence that that's not what he typically does okay and we don't know if that's god or if those are actual angels that are guarding over humanity or or what what happens in specific cases but i do know that you know i i wouldn't say that it was part of god's intention or plan to introduce this wickedness to the world i think that he uh he's established his rule in his reign and that involves giving humanity and apparently you know the angelic realm the free will to do what he says and um and and not to do what he says and the repercussions of that affect everybody even innocent people and um but i wouldn't say that it was god's sovereign will that that would happen i i just i think i i don't know i it, i bristle at that because i think that people people are so quick to say well the bible says that god said to go out and kill all men women and children because they were evil and they weren't Jews. Well, that makes absolutely no sense. Well, you that know, makes no sense. Hermeneutics, you have to look at things in context uh, when you study, you know, the art and science of biblical interpretation. So, yeah, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us go out and kill everybody because they're not Jews. But I mean, that's but what he, he told Joshua. Yes, yeah, but they're in context. He told Joshua, he's not telling us. And I don't want to sound hyper-Calvinistic, but even God allowing things to happen still falls within the realm of his sovereign decision to allow it. He allows war. He, he allowed Cain to kill Abel. You know? He, he was there observing. He, 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 knew, gave, he knew Cain was going to kill Abel he before Cain, Cain, yeah. Cain even entertained the thought. And and God allowed it. In God allowed it. God warned him. Hey, I see something in you. You know, don't don't let it don't let it beat you. But but God gave Cain free will. I I think he has 
he has the um nothing catches god by surprise you know um god is all knowing but um i personally feel like you know it wasn't god's sovereign will for um for cain to kill abel that was the will of cain but god was sovereign in allowing that to happen knowing it was going to happen before cain even did it uh, yeah, I, I think that God gives man uh, Otherwise, free God's will. not sovereign. Well, define sovereign. So God is all omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Okay, I, I agree with all that. But when people, attrib- when people say God's sovereign will, and yet, you know, like you're dealing with somebody who's on the floor crying because they've just been raped, you, you, you can't just say, well, this was God's sovereign will. Like, that's not of God. That's actually of evil. That's, that can be attributed to the evil agenda and the evil in our world. And uh, as long as man agrees to commit a sin or an evil or an atrocity, um, that doesn't uh, mean that, that God, uh, you know, ordained preordained that to happen you know what i'm saying that is that at least that's the way i see it is you know we you know when god says wipe them out all of them you know and i'm being i'm being a little dramatic uh but he does i mean i've read i've read it multiple times you know just recently the amorites the jebusites the hittites the philistines yeah. Go in there and destroy them all. Kill them all. And and you have to but, ask yourself why? Was it because was it because that they were worshiping false idols? Well, people do that all over the world today. You don't see a call for Christians to go out and slay um, you know, these people that are not worshiping God. You know, what I think he was trying to eliminate was these corrupted bloodlines that were damnable they they had no there was no salvation for them because uh, there are pieces of those demons that so where seek. does where does that dna come from where how did they survive the flood i guess okay the so there are several theories on how we, they they survived the, the flood. one one right? theory which the was other one, one of the wives of okay of so the other Noah. one was the mighty man of renown or the gibberine that we read in genesis 6 well it says that that Nimrod had uh, had in those days become a mighty man of renown. I believe that the powers and principalities that were that it pre, that existed before the flood are still roaming the earth today. I believe that the powers and principalities of the fallen angels are still around today. And when when man um, through Corruption. We know that Nimrod was through the the line of Ham, who was cursed, um, was able. I think probably what I would call um, like the bloodline had a had a perfected iniquity to it that would allow him to basically uh, corrupt his body to the point where he would be now defined as using the same Hebrew verbiage as a mighty man of renown. Um, 
Now, does mighty men of renown constitute something good or bad? Well, t- typically it's talking about the giants. And does that mean they're good or bad? Well, the giants were formed from wickedness, evil. Yeah, it's okay. kind of like Nephilim, I would imagine, the mighty men of renown. I mean, that's what it says. If I look at Genesis 6, 4, and it says, uh, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them, these were the mighty men who were of, of old, the men of renown. Now, renown means what? Does it mean something good or does it mean something bad? Um, How would you well, define renown? I mean, we know that the offspring of the the giants were why God sent the flood. So I would assume that they, that that even though it's described in kind of a go ahead. Oh, to say the definition according to online here is the the quality of being widely known or acclaimed kind of like having fame you know you're you're renowned you're well known so it really doesn't describe them in terms of you know good or evil no just like they're famous i mean other than the fact that god that these were offspring of a of a corrupted if if you subscribe to the definition that these were actually angels that procreated with Again, you know, there's the there's the theory that they're the from the godly line of Seth, and that would change everything we're talking about if that was the case. Right? Like, okay, then why are there giants? You know, I mean that that would be the next question. Okay, why why all of a sudden is there a genetic change if they've got the same bloodline? And I mean, that is would a be- giant is a giant somebody seven foot tall. Or is a giant somebody who has to be nine foot or taller? I mean, it is kind well, of I mean, spelled how, out. How is giant defined? Yeah, it is kind of spelled out. Or are they the fifteen of, feet tall? Yeah, um, some of them. Yeah, the uh, the book that's not canonized. The uh, I want to say no, it's not. <laughs> what is it? The uh, that well, there are several. The the one that we reference quite frequently. Jasher. No. Uh, oh man, we're just talking about it. Enoch. Thank you, Enoch. Okay. Man, my brain's okay. Yeah, yeah. today yeah um i didn't get caffeine today i'm trying to go on a diet dude and, uh, get rid of soda and uh man Dang. i'm struggling my co- more coffee more hurt. coffee <laughs> but uh yeah and enoch it, it covers the height of the the giants it does it does and even in uh in jubilee or i mean sorry josephus um it talks about it talks about uh, Goliath being one span and like four, I don't know. I can't remember the, the term they use. I still, I still don't, is, yeah, yeah, I still don't know. Goliath was six cubits, which is nine feet. A cubit is a foot and a half. And, and I would ask, you know, how does one know? Like, was it, I mean, I, we know, we know his armor was huge. You know, we know all this stuff, but you know, we know he had six fingers. We know that Goliath had a brother. Um, as well, who was another mighty warrior. And he had four brothers. That's why David, drew five stones from the, the river because he thought, man, man, maybe his four brothers are going to show up and I'm going <laughs> to sling them too. Yeah, I mean, and 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 I I, I have no reason to doubt, but that that's the problem when, when and I don't, I, I know this is going to push up against a lot of Christians, but the problem with only reading the Bible for what, you're going to be fine if you do. But you might you, you there's so much information that is missing in the stories that 
is is helpful like how do we know that goliath had four brothers and how do we know that that's why david picked up five stones chances are those were oral traditions that got passed down through the centuries maybe written by a couple of of sages and and uh people you know over the course of history who who were historians but you know in the bible we don't have that information so we're we're left to draw you know we're left to draw conclusions from from these stories um, through the aid of other books. Open and hand. Open hand. Like yeah. toss it if you don't want it. Yeah. Toss it if it doesn't align up with scripture. Um, you know, I've often wondered why the book of Enoch and, and the Catholics, they have the Apocrypha, which is yeah. the other six or seven books that's in the Catholic Bible. Why they weren't canonized. all canonized and who... Who made the decision? God. And, and well, then then they're not part of what he wants us to know. Or well, if you go back to, you know, if you want to get hyper-Calvinistic about canonization of the scripture, you could say, well, you know, God was in control of that too. Or you can say, man, you know, with his free will decision-making process, decided not to, to include Enoch, the book of Enoch, and and the apocrypha, and there's there's even the Gospels of uh, of uh, what? Yeah, there's Timoth- there's, Timothy. There's a lot. There's, there's Barnabas. There's, some of those that weren't canonized. Yeah. You know, I often wondered what what was the I've read some of them, and 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 why, and what the thoughts were of the people. And I could tell were they you. divinely led to to leave certain books out and include the ones that they did include, the sixty six no. that they did canonize. Well they they found that the average person in their lifespan only reads about sixty six books. And so <laughs> they figured we can't keep them all in here because I didn't know they read that many. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you this. I know why Enoch, you know, I've listened to, to people that really love the book of Enoch and they give a pretty, a pretty good answer as to why Enoch's not canonized. And it's just we don't have we don't have the full text. We don't have with all the copies that we have. We don't have enough to complete the text. We also know that in Enoch 106, I think it is that. This story was added later, and it's actually probably written in by some Kabbalist because uh, I think Enoch 2 and 3 are very compromised, kind of almost occultic books. So I don't really recommend doing a dive into the second and third book of Enoch because I, I think there's a lot more corruption in those books. But actually in the original book of Enoch, it's pretty much... I feel like it's pretty trustworthy. I mean, I, I nothing makes me bristle. He all interwoven through the first book of Enoch. It's beautiful. Is the story of Christ, this Son of God, this 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 um, this guy? You know, it's just every everywhere, everywhere. You can't you can't hardly read a chapter of Enoch and not see some sort of reference to this man who's kind of undefined to him. But um, clearly, like as we look at it, it's like, oh my gosh, that's that's Jesus. That I mean, he's talking no, about no Jesus. or you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, if an angel can have free will and decide that it wants to um, leave its post and procreate with women pre-flood, um, 
What's to so say that it can't do it can after? I, can I fight? tell you what the Book of Enoch says? Yeah. That the punishment was so harsh on those 200 angels that no one, you know, everyone went into a complete state of fear of the wrath of God. He made he made those angels a a public kind of spectacle, and it still begs the question that these angels weren't followers of Lucifer. They weren't part of well, the, we don't know the host that. that was kicked out with Lucifer. We don't know whether so. We don't know whether it, that Satan had already fallen and had conspired to lead this this group astray or if this was kind of simultaneous um well we know that these watchers were post garden right so we know that satan was in the garden with eve so satan had already he's been a scoundrel for a long time but i think he he got he got more people to defect from god's angels yeah, I mean, I, you know, and it's, I don't know that the watchers were ever referred to in the book of Enoch as angels. I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they were your typical, like, okay, an angel, you're, you're beautiful, you're strong, you're powerful, you have wings, you have armor, you have weapons. Mm. You know, I don't know that that's what these were. I don't know if these were another type anyway real quick here because i don't know how we're doing on time but these this reference to the the sons of god saw that the daughters of men that they were fair they took them wives all of which they chose if you think that they they weren't angels or they they weren't you know part of a, a angelic host that were given the uh duties to watch over humanity that you you think that they were the from the the line of seth if you go to john mm-hmm. john uh first john first john okay all right so you got first john queued up lance yeah well it it, it talks about first john three uh, verse 1 and 2. Behold the manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Verse 2. Beloved, now we now we are the sons of God and it doth not yet appear that we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. So... Hmm. If you talk about the sons of God in Genesis being those that God has bestowed his grace and, and mercy on, then it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be that these uh, women of men were actually in, in relationships with, with angels, that they were in relationships actually with these sons of God, which would come from the, the line of Seth. So it's it's. Just, you know, man and women. Yeah, I mean, I, I've i heard that. It, the, the only, the, the argument would be, okay, then why the giants, why the flood? If this wasn't corrupted bloodline, uh, 
Um, if it wasn't, you know, if if it was so egregious that the well, I say angels, the watchers defected in this way and corrupted themselves and humanity, that they would, uh, you know, warrant a worldwide flood. You know, I mean, and I was just saying before, like the more the more scriptural gymnastics you do to try to to try to anchor into a theory, you can kind of start to say, okay, this just isn't holding up. Maybe my current theory and I, you know, I, the one that I, uh, I ascribe to, maybe it's not all right. Maybe, you know, maybe the book of Enoch is not trustworthy, but uh, based on the information that I get from it, it's like, okay, this, this is pretty clear. You have to do major gymnastics to say it's not what it seems to clearly read as. Um, and, you know, and on, on, a, on a very smaller note, because I don't know the difference between Hebrew and Greek, if, you know, the sons of God refer to a different, you know, it's a different word, it's a different context, right. but, you know, the I mean, translations still. I have says children of God, and that's, you know, NASB uh, 95. Uh, the only one that really says uh, the sons of God is King James Version. Uh, but even the new King James Version says children of God. So uh, I think this is probably a good spot to take a break on this episode, and we can uh, pick back up for yeah. it. Make this a twofer. Sounds good. Yep. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. All right.